You are listening to the Noisy Narratives Podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. Um, this is Debbie, and I'm here along with Christy. Um, with us. We have a special guest today. Um, but Christy, you having a good week? I'm having a good week. You having a good week? <laughs> we have to figure out how to ask our questions of how we're doing every week. What's percolating with you this week? What's percolating with me? That That's a good question. Mm-hmm. What is percolating with me this week? You know what? I've been talking to a lot of parents um, about anxiety with kids, oh. like a, a lot. So like that's little percolating. people, kids, or junior, you're little people. I'm little people. I mean, like fifth grade down. Exactly. Yeah. It's been that. It's been in a ministry context. I didn't know if you were saying like your Le- kids. Exactly. Or Thank you for your clarifying. Ministry. No Got ministry it. context. Yeah. So there's a lot of anxiety right now. Trying to talk to help parents figure out how to navigate that. I think there's a lot of anxiety in parents, and that's percolating down or trickling down. It is. That is you say? Yeah. Trickling down to their. Their kids. So, yeah, that's, but those have been good, healthy conversations. At least they're asking them, asking the questions. That's awesome. They are. Yeah. Hard. Yep. But glad they're asking. But good. Yes. And it's been a blessing to be a part of that. And that's your happy place, too. You like talking about that. About anxiety? No, like helping parents uh, walk the way the waters of these kind of things that come up from kinder to fifth grade. You're right. That is my happy place. I love these kiddos. I love our families. Mm Um, so I hope, I wish everybody felt comfortable asking, you know, talking, but speaking of kind of what is, um, going on, you brought a friend with you today. I did. We're excited to meet her. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because there's a backstory to Kathy and I's friendship, um, and her coming today, which is great. And so Kathy and I met at DTS. She was my spiritual formation director, leader. All of that, Later. all of the above, <laughs> and then um, which is the we go DTS to... is Dallas Theological Seminary. Oh, yeah, because Christy's very smart; she's going to seminary. No, as one lady said, they let the village idiot in. So. Oh, is that what we're <laughs> going with? That's what she said, and I was like, "Oh, well, then I'll get in. It'll be fine." That's totally made me feel a little better about myself. You always find a way to like counteract a compliment. Can I just say? Yeah, no, I'm not good at it. But it did be. She was a really. She's an amazing, she's actually a female pastor in the area. And she was, the because my old church pastor said, you need to go meet with her. Because with women, Yes, okay. with women. No, not with Kathy. With oh, this with this lady other way. Me, I was confused. Village that idiots. village idiots get in. Okay, yeah. got but it. But at DTS, at Dallas Theological, Theological Seminary, where village idiots are sometimes, me being one sometimes, in my semin- in the ST classes, which is your mm-hmm. systematic theology classes, I will say, I am like the, I have no idea what y'all are talking about right now. Like it's all, all so lofty over my head. And I'm like, oh. they use big words, oh. lots of big words. Oh. You can't, you can't even, even pronounce keep... some of those words. Oh. And you can't Google yeah. them fast enough. And then you have to feel like you have to figure out how to spell them oh, yeah. before you can even get the right Google word out. So oh, my goodness. it's exhausting. Anyway, yes, that would be exhausting. <laughs> so, um, so Kathy and I met at SF Formation, which is where you spend pretty much two years of your life. Mm-hmm. It was every Thursday from like 12. One or two. Lunch, I think. So it was like 12 to like one thirty, mm-hmm. I think. And so she would lead us and three other friends, and we went through all fabulous things. 
um, and our spiritual formation. And it's really genius that they do it because the reason why they do that do that is that Chuck Swindoll, I think it, this was his kind of baby, was saying these ministers are getting and pastors are getting out into the world and they haven't dealt with their life. Right. So how can you help other people if you haven't dealt? So you're really going through all the mud and the yuck of your life for two years. And see, it takes somebody with wisdom who's gone through that himself to identify it. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. That was or very experience getting these young yeah. pastors in and going, yeah, you're still a hot mess. You might know the Bible. You might know theology, but, but there's life. stuff you have not yeah. done some introspection on that yeah. needs some more. Yes. That's very wise, I yeah. think. I didn't like it at first, but I learned to love it. Because it made you do some inspecting? Yeah, Why didn't you yeah like it? because I felt like I had done it with my Beth Moore study, Breaking Free, years before. Uh, and I was like, I'm a fine. Which I look back and I'm like, yeah, it was God put me there, not so much for the introspection, but for the relationships with other people. Like I had to learn to go, oh, this is not about me doing the work. I've done the work. I've done years of counseling. I've done all my stuff. So it wasn't for that. It was for me being able to have a relationship with Kathy, yes. me, Kathy, and then other girls there. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to go, oh, your God, you're going to use me. And you were here. in a different place in your life than a lot of other people going to DTSR. Uh-huh. So you'd had the time to do uh-huh. all that work, and they really maybe did need to do yeah. more work. So, yeah, that's Absolutely. that was, again, very wise of you to yeah. figure out the difference. Good yeah. job. Well, I mean, why dig your feet in when you can just learn to love something? Yes. Oh, that's so, a whole other podcast. Mm, I know. I'll write that's that one down. That's another topic. You should. <laughs> <Good title. laughs> exactly. So, um and then when we started doing the podcast, one of the things is that uh, women would share their stories with me when I was a volleyball coach. And one lady shared her story with me that she had an abortion. And I was so intrigued that she felt so comfortable sharing that with me that I was like, why do these women tell me these things? Um, and so then Kathy and I were talking, and you know, fast forward years later. And so praying about different people to come and different topics and to come on the podcast, to come on the podcast and okay. talk about things. And one of them, we've talked about depression. We've talked about adoption. We're talking about certain things that are going to mm-hmm. happen. Right. Um, and one of them was, as I wanted someone to share their story of going or having an abortion. And that was a huge prayer request. So I was sharing with mm-hmm. Kathy and Kathy was so great because I think I re- vividly recall the phone conversation. I was like, Kathy, I'm really praying. I think she even said, what can I pray for you about? And just in that weak moment or that whim of a moment, that was like on my brain. And I was like, I just really, I mean, I really want Praying to find for someone to share their testimony about yes. having an abortion. Yes. And that, Which yeah. I don't really say, hey, I'm thinking about this for the podcast. Pray about this at all. Mm. But with Kathy, I said that. And she was like, um, Christy, that's me. <laughs> I do, was like, do you know that's my story? Yeah. Well, I do because she had to share her story with us. So mm. I've heard her story. But just because of life and me being a goofball, it didn't land <laughs> in the way that it probably should have. That I was like, yes, now I feel horrible. Thank you, Kathy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. So that's how <laughs> you're not a village about. idiot, Christy. It's, that would deem me a village idiot because <laughs> no, she no, shared her no, story. No. Saying you are not. <laughs> no, I know. I know I'm not. No, it's just funny that, that somebody said that. that. Yeah. No, but how good. God brings it full circle yeah. mm-hmm. and keeps people in your life. And so... This is my friend, Kathy, and I'm so happy that you're here. And she's also a mentor. We've had great conversations about different things, and she brings such good godly wisdom and insight into things. And I'm like, genius. Thank you. I'm so glad I called you and asked. And so she's been a true blessing in my life. So, well, I could say the same for you. (laughs) And thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. We're glad you're here. We're very glad you're here. A lot of women are coming on sharing hard stories. It's not easy. No, it's not. And women have hard stories. 
You know, I think we're, and we're also trained to just pull up our big girl panties and move on and not talk about things that are vulnerable and we got to be strong. And, um, I've learned a lot about sharing my story over the past, I don't know, five, seven years. And, um, God is very faithful Mm -hmm. to, um, make good of that. And so what do you, how do you, how do you prepare when you know you're about to have to share? I pray some hard pieces of your story. I pray a lot. And, um, I just really ask God, what is it about my story that you want people to know? And what is it about my story that is useful to you? Um, so that you can work in other people's lives. Um, not that he needs my help, but, right. you know, we all, uh, we're called to love one another in our community. And I think sharing our stories, being vulnerable, being real so that we can love and encourage and support and edify one another. Um, you know, if we don't know each other's stories, we don't know where to go and mm-hmm. our relationships are shallow. When we understand our stories, that's when we go deep. Yeah, it's good. deep in understanding and mm-hmm. deep in compassion towards each other. Exactly. And experiencing more of God's love for each other, too. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is when we come before God with our stories and are vulnerable before him first, lay it out, and then he makes something good of that Mm -hmm. through how he uses it Mm -hmm. and that's a good point though because so many of us can go well he knows right he knows my story he was there when i Mm -hmm. did this but like you said like putting it at his feet like Mm -hmm. acknowledging it writing it out talking to him and laying it at his feet yeah and it's like our an earthly father if you are fortunate enough to have a good relationship with an earthly father or a mother i mean it god in is God in fullness, right? So he represents both of those relationships. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, you want your child, you might know what he or she did, but what you really want is for them to come to you and talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. You really want them to come to you and say, hey, I need to talk to you about this. I messed up. And just let you want it to be comfortable and you want it to be a safe place for them to come no no matter what it is that they want to share and so that's how god feels about us he just wants us to be with him and trust him in that way because he cares for us he loves us in a pure and holy way and you know there's nothing better than that he's the only one that can so Uh, He wants us to come to him with that, even though he knows it happened. Uh And we'll get into some of that later. But um, We'll start that process. Walk us through how the reason why, besides the fact that we just like to hang out together, but (laughs) why are you here today? Start us on your story. Tell us your story. Well, uh, my story is very similar to millions of other women. Um, Of course, we all have unique stories, but my story is not unusual. I was born and raised in California. I grew up uh, the oldest of three, have a younger brother and a younger sister, not in that order. And um, they, uh, we had a very loving home. We did a lot of 
things that, um, you know, any family would do. We were kind of like a, what you might call an all American family. We behaved well. We, because we were told to, uh, and we had fun living in California. You're outdoors all the time. We play outside a lot. We didn't really worry about anything bad happening. You know, I mean, it was just a, an idyllic time. And, um, and we would go to church, but I never really remembered my parents talking about Jesus or reading the Bible at home. It wasn't something that, it wasn't a part of our daily life. We behaved and we did the right thing because we were told to. And it was important because it was a, we were a reflection of our family. Much like in the Old Testament, you know, your name is associated with your family right, yeah. and you want to bring honor to that. So that's mm-hmm. how we operated. And, um, and it was fine. I didn't know enough about anything to question. Obviously, you, you think your parents, at least I did, I thought my parents knew everything. And, mm-hmm. and um, That was back before the internet. You oh, could yes. learn very easily your parents didn't <laughs> yeah. know everything. Yes. You could look up, oh, mom and dad, you know the answer to that? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, and, and even if you didn't agree with them, we yeah. never disagreed with well, our sure. parents. Well, sure, that's the other issue, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. We never challenged anything. Yeah. It was just we. That's the way. Mm-hmm. And when we ad- adopted the same belief system and values that our parents had. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, fast forward several years. I mean, I never got in trouble. I was a really good kid, very easy to raise, according to my parents, until I hit like 18 years old. And then um, I met a guy. I was, I was living at home, and, but I was going to a junior college. And I met a, a man four years older than me, which 18 and 22, that's a big difference. It is. Right? Yeah. I mean, like freshman and a senior in college. Can yep. you equate it to that, right? Yes, or not. I mean, the, the year after you graduate. Oh, okay. I mean, he, yeah. yeah, he was that much older. And, you know, I thought I was in love. And so basically was consumed by this relationship. And my parents didn't like him. Uh, my brother did because he drove really cool cars and you know, he had this great image. But really, he wasn't the good guy that he was trying to make me believe that he was. My dad saw through it. but mm. As dads often, often do. Often do. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, you know, just didn't and didn't want to. And so uh, we dated on and off for four years. It was a very... Oh, that's a long time. It is a long time. Mm. Yeah. It was a very tumultuous relationship. A lot of it was because of, I think, emotional manipulation. Um, I'm not sure I would say abuse, but maybe, Mm. you know, a little bit of that. But it was a very toxic and unhealthy relationship. And let me just back up a little bit. I had been... I had become involved in a youth group at our church when I was in high school. And so, um, and this was in Southern California. And after youth group one night, or maybe it was even during the meeting, our youth pastor invited some of us to just sit down and he walked us through the plan of salvation. And I accepted Christ at that time. 
officially. And, uh, and it was wonderful. The problem with that was that I had no discipleship afterwards. Yeah. It was a one-time deal. And there was no teaching about a relationship with God and that abiding. Um, I am the vine, you're the branches. Yes, you can't was, move forward apart from me yes. kind of a thing. There was not a discussion. No, of that. nothing mm-hmm. of that that I remember. So um, not long after that, we, my dad took a job in Northern California. And so we moved up to Northern California. And that's I finished my senior year of high school up there. And then um, started a junior college because I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I didn't know where I wanted to go. And that's when I was working a part-time job and that's when I met this person. And so about a year later in this unhealthy relationship, uh, I became pregnant. And because... How did you know you were pregnant? That's a really good question. Uh, you remember peeing on the stick and being like, oh, shoot, this is a problem. Um, did you pee on the stick back then? That's what, did you have to I go to the doctor? I think you had to go to the doctor to confirm it. Thank you. Okay. And honestly, I had never been oh, to the doctor. To the doctor. A yeah, you didn't go back never. then unless, uh-uh. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless you were older. Okay. And, you know, it wasn't like we had things that we have now where our teenage daughters need to get checked for oh you know or yeah it's like you missed your period and you were like oh shoot can we say yeah. about how many years ago this was uh what did we say 44 years ago. 44 so this years is about ago. 44 years ago is mm-hmm. when yeah. you find out that you're pregnant yes okay and i was scared mm. because i knew what his response would be and it would not be good mm. and um and you're I, saying your boyfriend, you knew what your yes, boyfriend's I, he, response my would boyfriend's be. My boyfriend's response would, be, would be, well, we have to do something. Mm. And I was so burdened with guilt and shame because I knew that my parents would never want this to happen. And I knew I would disappoint them. That was the main thing. Mm. I just didn't want to disappoint them. And so I chose to deal with it on my own. Wait, real fast. Mm-hmm. You're in the doctor's office. Yes. They say you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. You walk out of there by yourself or did you have a friend? I went by myself. So you went by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're processing this all by yourself? Processing No it. friends. I had one friend that after I um, went to the doctor, I talked to her about it and... Uh, she was great. She helped me through it. Uh, she took me when I then, so then I decided I didn't have an option. This was my only option was to abort the pregnancy. And that was, how did you know to get an abortion? You know, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. I, somehow I knew of abortions Mm -hmm. and I, I think probably, Maybe my friend had talked to me about it. We had talked. I don't know. I don't remember who brought it up. Okay. I just knew that it was something. Could have been the doctor. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if the doctor said. It could have been the doctor. Um, I still remember his name, but I won't say it. The doctor's name? The doctor's name. Oh, interesting. 
So uh, a very kind yeah. doctor, and I'm sure he had um, empathy or compassion on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did choose to go that route. And Was his friend with you during all of that? Yes. Okay. But in 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 re, we stayed afterwards. I remember her taking me to a friend's apartment, a friend of hers' apartment, and we. I just stayed overnight there. So I wait, told my out. parents that I was staying overnight with my friend. Mm-hmm. They had no idea, yeah. no idea. Because so that's you, what you would have had to have yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you found the place where you go. Mm-hmm. That had to have yeah. been like nerve wracking. Well. It was it, it was at a doctor's office. It was at okay. either a, a, a clinic that he worked through okay. or his office. I'm not. I don't have a clear memory of that. Yeah. Well, for good reason. Yeah. And uh, I and you know this is one of those times when I wish I would have been a, a good journaler, where I would have written everything mm-hmm. down, because then I it would have. I would go back, be able to yeah. go back and see. See what your old self or your younger self thought and how they processed. Yes, and how, what I was thinking and yeah. all, just cl- very clearly what I was thinking at the time. I'm a feeler, and so I just remember the feelings that I had. And I was very, very sad, although I, I didn't really, I didn't understand the magnitude of why mm-hmm. I was distraught mm-hmm. at the time after it had happened. Um, Do they offer counseling or anything? No. Okay. So you go in the doctor's office mm-hmm. and you have the procedure. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards you're feeling sad? sad? Well, feeling... I, I felt a little just, I just need to get home. I just, so my friend took me home. Um, I remember cramping a lot and just being uncomfortable and just laying in bed and not wanting to get up. And your parents have no idea. They have no idea all that's going on. So they think you're sick or something or just not feeling well. Well, no, because I wasn't there. I was spending the night at a friend's friend's house. house. And, Mm. um, of course, we didn't have cell phones back then, right? So we had no way to see if I was where I said I was or, you know. And and she had her own apartment so she wasn't living at home with her parents she had her own apartment so it was easier to i guess hide those things then mm-hmm. than it is now and mm-hmm. i certainly wouldn't if even if i had a social media i would not have put it on social media oh, no. um so at any rate after a few days i went home and you know i was able to get up and move around and I could function mentally and physically, but just the, um, I just had this feeling that what I had done was not right. Not for me, not Mm -hmm. right for me, but I was sort of, I felt forced into that situation. Like I didn't have another option because had I chosen to have the not have the abortion and carry it full term, I would not, probably I would not have been allowed to stay at home. I would have had to go somewhere else. And I don't know. I don't know what my parents would have done or how they would have reacted. Now, they did find out about a year later 
because my boyfriend at the time, the father, had... You're still with the guy? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he had said he would pay all of the bills for it. Well, he didn't. And so the bill was sent to my residence, and my mom opened it up mm. and read what it was for. She read the invoice and called me on the phone. Oh, God. And in the meantime, I had graduated from college. Not graduated, sorry. I had transferred to a different school in Southern California and was living in an apartment down there. And I was at home one night, and she called. And when I told her the story, she said, well, you made the right decision. Which, at the time, I, I think I felt a little bit of, we, we talked about this the other day, Christy, a little bit of relief that I had, like that she thought that I had made the right decision because well, then she approval. wasn't mad at me. Yeah. Par- parental approval, she wasn't mad at me. She wasn't going to judge me. Um, and then my dad found out, and so they they know the story. They And there was relief in that, that I didn't have to hide it from them. Absolutely. But what that doesn't eliminate is the fact that I carried that with me for probably 38 years. 37, 37 mm-hmm. or 38 years. Um, I did tell my now husband about it when because a few years after that, I had uh, just gotten to a point, and the Lord was so faithful and showed me, this is not the relationship for you. This is not who I have for you. With the father. With the father the of, the, mm-hmm. yeah, um, the boyfriend of four years. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I just, one night after four years of not being able to leave, I just left Mm. and I never went back and I could not have done that without the Lord. And there's a whole other sub story to that as well, but it was uh, just so freeing and no, I no no question that I wasn't doing the right thing. But you're still carrying that baggage. Oh yes. Yes. That That was still, well, it's like a, it's a part of me. Yeah. I, I used to consider it baggage. Now mm. I don't consider it baggage. Right. That, and, now that makes sense. Yeah. Because you've dealt with it. You understand. It's just part of my story. Yeah. And yep. and it is, uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time, we all have good parts of our story mm-hmm. and really not so good parts of our mm-hmm. story. Right. So. They all, all of those parts of our story shape who we are. Mm. And God is active in every part of our life. So just because it's a bad part doesn't make it not useful for our life. Would I have hoped I would have made it a better, a different decision? Yes, but I didn't. And, you know, the point of this whole story is really not about the choice that I made, but about what God did with that choice 
afterwards and subsequently mm-hmm. and continues to do with that story. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, where where I always go to when I mm-hmm. now, the very few times that I share this with people, because it's still my story and it's yeah. a part of me. I share it with the Lord now mm-hmm. and I open it up to him to do whatever he wants with it because he redeemed it. It belongs to him. So right? to that, yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. So to share that point or to that point of you using your story and him using your story to help others, mm-hmm. your daughter brings over a friend one day. Yes. Okay. So fast forward. And, and I will just say, um, let's go back to breaking up with my boyfriend Still having that now cloud over your head, cloud that yeah. I carry with mm-hmm. me, and um, it I I refer to it as a started out as a a rock, right? Mm-hmm. It's a rock and it's a heavy rock, and I'm carrying it with me. And um, I meet my husband, and I tell him that story because in my mind I'm damaged goods, and I want him to know what he's getting into. And he just met that with such grace and understanding and love um, that I had never experienced that before. So I thought, this is someone I... I can spend my life with this man. Uh, Yep, absolutely. And he has proven that over and over again. So um, good man. And uh, he just deserves a lot of credit for that. And I believe that that's who God had intended for me. But I needed to make that step. I needed to take that step away from this unhealthy situation and put my faith and trust in the Lord and what he had for me. Because clearly what I was doing was not working. Was not working. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, shoof, got out of that one. And uh, so he was good. And then, so fast forward. My husband and I get married. We have uh, two beautiful, healthy children. But I always felt that God was going to take one of them as payment for what I had done. Oh, that's hard. When she shared that, I was like, oh, oh, wow, to live with that every day and every, like, they go out in the front yard and you're on panic. Oh, yeah. they go, they, you lose sight of them and you have yeah. lost all your marbles because you cannot find them. That's a lot of fear. And then fear. trusting them with your husband to drive solo. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, everything. Everything. Yes. Everything. Just life. Was, was focused around that fear that God would take them away. So is that sort a, of like an eye for an eye? Yes. Right. Because now you're, now you're having trouble grasping grace and forgiveness. Exactly. Yeah. Because I wasn't discipled and I didn't yeah. really know what understand that what the cross meant. really meant. Sure. Yes, I knew yeah, he died for sense. my sin. Mm-hmm. Great, mm-hmm. but there's something else. But that meant you're supposed to go and sin no more. That doesn't mean that he loves you no matter what in your mind. Yes, yeah. in my mind, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. Oh well, I failed that one, mm-hmm. so I'm excluded, right, from that grace. Yeah. I'm not going to receive that because there has to be a payment. So as as soon as I realized that I was, I mean, I, I, I that's what I, how I raised my kids. I was telling Christy based on the fear of something happening to them. So I was overprotective, and I just had a hard time relaxing and enjoying my kids because I was always afraid something was going to happen to them. Right? Yeah. 
So then, uh, you know, God was gracious, has been gracious and faithful, has brought me to an understanding over a lot of work in the past seven years of what really, how wrong I was about that. That, how that, did you get to that point that you realized you needed to do the work? Like, what was, like, the breaking point? Like, Well, I think I felt like there was something he wanted me to do with my story, mm-hmm. but I was holding it in because of the shame and guilt that I felt. And I just could not bring myself to share it with anyone because of those big feelings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's so much, I would think, of who you are at that point, that how do you entangle all that? Exactly. And how entangle you, is a great word. Yeah. How do you entangle all the threads of how all that weaves together, mm-hmm. like in your psyche and your brain and your spiritual walk with the Lord? I mean, that's hard. It is hard. And I'll tell you, God did it slowly and mm-hmm. in pieces. In small and people need to hear that moments. really loud. <laughs> Slowly yeah, and in pieces. It does yeah. not happen overnight. No, it doesn't. And it is a hard mm. process. It's painful. It is painful. And you have to be vulnerable before the Lord and then do some hard things and trust him in that. So one of those hard things was when my daughter was in either high school or a freshman in college. And she was home, and she had brought a friend of hers home. And they were sitting upstairs when I got home from, I believe, it was Bible study. And I came. My my daughter said, Mom, can you come upstairs? We need to talk to you. So I went upstairs, and they told me that her friend was pregnant and not married, and about 19 years old. Mm. And I, and my daughter knew nothing about my story at this point. She did not know any of my history because I had not told her. And uh, this chokes me up a little bit because it was so, such a God thing. And he was almost like, Working in my heart at the same time, he wanted me to minister to her. And he, it was like he was saying, what would you tell your 19-year-old yes. self? Sure. And this is her. And this is her sitting here right mm-hmm. before you. This is you sitting here before you. Mm-hmm. What would you say? And I said, she said, my parents want me to get an abortion. And I don't know what the right thing to do is. And I just hugged her and I sat with her and I said you know your parents are scared and they're going to be embarrassed and it's hard to choose not to take the easy way and even if you were to have an abortion and make it quote unquote go away it will never go away it will be with you now, I, I realize abortion at this point is a very controversial subject. It is out there in the media. Everybody's talking about it because of the new Texas law. I get that. So I'm not saying yay or nay. This is really about how to love a person through 
such a difficult decision and to support them well, knowing that that life is precious, Mm -hmm. that they're carrying inside of them. So I held her. We prayed together. I prayed for God's wisdom for her and that she would just lean into this and listen to her heart and that she would do what she felt God was leading her to do. She had the baby. The baby is now a beautiful 13-year-old ballet Mm -hmm. dancer. (laughs) (laughs) And it is just such a redemptive story. Just that, you know, it blesses my heart to know that something good came from my horrible. Yeah. I shouldn't say horrible. That sounds judgmental. But from my decision. So did um, did you share your story with your daughter after this experience with her and her friend? Okay. So, good question. Years later... And I want years, meaning like probably three years, four years later, I applied and amazingly got accepted to DTS. DTS. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably the woman who your friend was talking about, the other village idiot. We have the two village idiots here (laughs) on our podcast. Oh, wow. You are surrounded, Debbie. Consider yourself. I feel left out. I feel left out. I feel like I should be planning to be the next village idiot. And let me just say, I I don't mean in any way to disparage DTS because it is a wonderful, and I know you don't either, Christine. It's amazing. I love DTS, and it has has been the most transformative experience of my life, and I have grown so much Mm -hmm. there in my understanding of who God is what he can do, and how great his love is for us. I am glad. I think that is important to start. Put that little asterisk in there. Yeah. <laughs> so people know. Yeah. It's and an amazing school. Yeah. You're almost done with your doctorate, or you could be done? That's another story. Okay. That's well, put on hold for a while. Yeah, it's put on yeah. hold to be grandma. But she's been yeah. there for a little while. But she's been yeah. there for, yes, and she's a smart cookie. But you get, well, so you apply to UT, or UT. UT. <laughs> not UTS, DTS. Yes. Because, and, and I'm guessing you have to share your testimony. And so, uh, yes, but I did not include that in my testimony. It was still okay. such a deep, it was yeah. buried so deep. Yeah. But in the process of being in that spiritual formation program, uh, I was I had the privilege and the opportunity and the gift of being with a group of women who loved Jesus and who were exceptional at loving other people well. And one of the exercises that we had to do was to share a part of our life that was painful but that we can look back and see how God worked in that part of our life. So that's when I reluctantly, but I knew God was calling me to do that, decided to share my story. I had prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord, please, anything but that. Please don't make me have, have other to memories do that. bubble up, please. Yeah. Yes. 
It, and that, it was hard. It was a hard mm-hmm. decision. But I kept feeling like this was to be part of my work that God had for me, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how it was going to be. I still don't know how. Because you've given it to God I, and said you can I, use it how you want. Yes. So we don't know I how then. Uh, yeah. And I that wasn't the, in the process. Mm-hmm. I was still working that out in my head and in my heart. How do I give that to him? How do I give it back to him? How do How is he going to use that? And what's going to happen to me? What are people going to think if I share this with other people, especially in that environment, absolutely, because like many people do, you kind of feel like you have to have it all together, right? You have to have it all together when you work at a church or attend seminary or, you know, we have real performance issues. We do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's that, yeah, I always tell people I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? Because that's all part of it. Sure. If it's not perfect, then, you know, then it's not good enough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I um, decided, and I just decided, okay, God, this is it. I'm going to put this out there and just give me the strength to lean into you no matter how it's received. But before you put it out there, did you tell? Well, that's what I mean. Put it out okay. there in this very trusted small group of women. So this was the first that, place you, you to, shared it, though. Mm-hmm. Did you this tell is, your daughter before no, you did that? No. You did it after. Well, yes. So when I, I decided that that's where I was going to share it, yeah. before I did that, I felt like I owed it to my children to okay. tell them. Okay. Because they're in my first Your first circle. circle. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So I took them separately, and I explained what had happened, and I told them my story. And... They both responded with such an inordinate amount of grace and forgiveness and love. And they said, Mom, this just makes us love you more because you're human. And you, to think of you going through that as a young girl by yourself. And, you know, I had a friend, but she didn't really... She wasn't necessarily involved in the emotions of it. So really, it's some—it's a very personal thing. And so anyway, I just, I, I was so buoyed by that emotional, spiritual hug that I felt from my kids and the Lord. Um, and I think that was God's way of saying it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So then I, when I told this trusted group of friends, they met me with the same grace. And I was hard on myself. I said, look, I've committed murder. That's really what I've done. In my head, with my belief and my faith, that's what I've felt. And um, one of them said to me, is that what you would say to your 19-year-old self? Would you what, sh- shake your finger and judge and shame her? And I was like, no. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to anyone. And she said, then don't do it to you. God has already forgiven you. He's paid the price. He's redeemed you. And that's when it hit me. Christ died for me knowing 
what I was going to do, knowing the choice I would make. He died for that. And that's how much he loves me. And that just changed everything for me. Mm. I think we know in our hearts that Christ died on the cross. Yeah. Or we, we know it in our minds mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, we know it in our minds. But when you sit and reflect on what that actually means, and it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like, boom, I get it. It's piece by piece over time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those transforming moments for me. So uh, I think it's important. What I learned from that is that women, well, all people really, but women are more likely to share. Women feel very, very deeply. And we sort of perseverate on our weaknesses and beat ourselves up repeatedly over mis- with over our mistakes and what women need is a safe place with people who offer grace and love and compassion not words necessarily words don't always work sometimes it's just presence right Agree. and hugs and that place that opportunity to share something that is painful and yet once you get it out then the enemy can't use it to keep you from ministry or from relationships or from functioning well in life (laughs) being a good part of the body of christ yes yeah Yeah. being a being you know the hands feet whatever job that god's given you because it's our stories can paralyze us right as well yes absolutely and that's what the enemy wants he wants you to stop and be so consumed with guilt and shame that you're afraid to do anything for the Lord. Yeah, that's good. I always say he wants us to live in that if they found out, oh, yeah. they would. Yeah, totally. I'd be fired. fired. I, I would be, die. I'd be divorced. Yeah. I'd yeah. die. I mean, yeah. all the, I, the I'm, I'm not useful anymore. Right. I'm not valuable. Oh, he loves I'm not that. worthy. That's right. And nothing. I mean, you look at, I mean, look at David. Look at yeah. Paul. Yeah. Paul was responsible for many, many Christians losing their lives. Mm-hmm. And yet, where would we be without Paul? Who I mean, was there the anybody really good the who just stayed right. good in the Bible? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. Jesus, Jesus yeah. would be it. That's, the only one that's that what I'm saying. Jesus. That's a good point. Yeah. Maybe um, the ones who walked with the Lord and were taken up, a couple of those, I think. But yeah. besides that, I mean, so speaking of freedom, mm-hmm. I am curious when you told your story to your daughters, were there aha moments for them? Like, oh, this is why mom was always uh, like, this is why she watched us so careful and was scared whenever we did X or were there any kind of connect the dot moments um, for you guys? Well, with my daughter, it was her remembering bringing her friend over with, you know, the news that she was pregnant. And I think just seeing God's hand in that and that she felt safe enough and her friend felt safe enough to come to me. That was an aha moment because she didn't know my story, but God did. 
So she's looking at, she's remembering your response to her friend. Yes. And then going, oh. Okay. This is where that came from. Yeah. That makes sense. And this is why, and she, when I told her, she was like, mom, this is why you said it. And I told both of my kids that it doesn't matter what you've done, what trouble you've gotten into, or your friends. I want you to know you can come to us for anything. One mistake does does not, should not, and will not define who you are. Your identity is in Christ and Christ alone, not the mistakes that you've made. That's so good. So she so remembered that. So what is your degree that. at DTSM? <laughs> but, um, biblical studies. Okay. But You're not I, doing counseling? No, oh. no. I, I she, thought she's about really it. She's good. She's I, good. She's so good with words. She's maybe it's time to look together. at a double major. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting older, so I don't know if my brain could handle that. Well, that's the truth. We intensity. all start, yeah, those brain cells start leaving, don't they? Yeah. But I do think, in answer to your question, to follow up, um, is with with our son, I think it has given him and, and our daughter an appreciation of how to parent and parent well. I'm not saying I do everything right because clearly I do not, but it is important for your children to know primarily that they are loved, that they will make mistakes and that's okay, and that they can come to you just like the father wants us to come to him. Mm-hmm. It, it's no, it's, it is different. But it's the same idea. Because you're demonstrating the cross and the hard stuff, not the easy stuff. You're demonstrating the cross and the hard stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But to your question just a minute ago, it's about what her major is. But this is what just studying the Bible Mm -hmm. allows you to do by opening the God's word, Mm -hmm. the living, breathing word of God. You can all be equipped. Yeah, you yeah. take this, you mm-hmm. learn this, it it helps yeah. you work through, but then you start seeing the little things that connect from Genesis to Revelation mm-hmm. that yeah. you come up with the same biblical truth yeah. that allows you to go, whoa, and you don't have to have a, a counseling degree. degree. You do no, not have or to have, you have a degree. Not, just open the Bible yeah. Yeah. and read it and then go, Lord, yeah. reveal yourself to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more you read it, the more you study it, the more the book comes alive Especially when you're going, I'm praying, I'm not getting knowledge just for the sake of knowledge. I'm getting knowledge to use it well. Yeah, to apply. Mm-hmm. To apply yeah. it, to love others with, yeah. to use my story, to to minister to other people. Um, yeah. I love everything you said. And to Christy's point, um, I think your dedication to the word just shows. And I think your desire to have a testimony that is used by God wherever you go Thank you. Um, shows too. So I'm just really glad you were willing to share that with us today. I appreciate it very of much. Yeah. So where are you now with all of this? Well, I am, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the life that I have because of Christ and his redemptive work and his forgiveness, his sacrifice. Uh, I am so grateful, grateful for uh, just God's love and care over all of his children and he you know he he's beyond comprehension and yet he is so intimate at the same time and that i think is such a mystery and we have to embrace that mystery we can question and we can doubt and how well but it wastes so much time doing that i know Just 
because it's scary. It. People still hold on to the fear of that. Yes. If you give, give your story to the Lord, you don't know where he's going to take you, where exactly. he's going to put you, where he's going to ask you. And people are scared to death of that. But at some point you got to just give in. Yeah. It's so you got to just, just give in. Yeah. And yeah. because I think people think, well, if I really dedicate my life, that means I'm going to have to sell everything I own and move to yeah, some remote yeah, yeah. jungle somewhere. Which for some somewhere. people it does, like kisses um, for Katie, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. like, some people it does, but that's not everybody. That's not everybody. Not. And so I, I think right now, you know, we have, I have realized over time that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, there is such grace. Their love isn't punitive. Their love is pure and holy, and they want to give their children good gifts. Yes, we need to be disciplined, right? We, mm-hmm. we do. Which comes and, from the word disciple. Exactly. And so, but, but if our hearts are aligned with God, we're going to stumble, we're going to falter, but he's not going to kick us while we're down. He's going to lift us up if we refocus our gaze on him. So we can, I can feel very, very blessed that he, and, and thankful and grateful that he has already paid the price for my sin, my choice on the cross, and that difficult times will come in my life, but right now we are enjoying um, our children, our, I call our, I call our daughter-in-law, my daughter in love because she is, uh, just an exceptional woman and, uh, they make a wonderful pair. And so I just am so proud of them and, um, their beautiful baby daughter. And then my daughter and her, um, husband have four children. So we're enjoying, um, and then I have three sort of adopted teenage and young adult grandsons from a relationship that my uh, daughter had with a, um, that sounds bad, a little boy. But it, <laughs> she met him in a, in a church outreach program when she was like. in college. Yes. Yeah, that's not what it sounds like. <laughs> and, um, and he was eight years old at the time. Aww. And so over the years, we've gotten to know his mom and then all three of the boys and in that family, they, in that family, Aww. and uh, they have lived with us f- f- off and on throughout the years, and so I, I basically have eight grandchildren, Aww. and I am just ever so grateful for the family that God has put together in His infinite wisdom, and all that that has taught me as a as a woman, as a parent, as a grandparent, and as a daughter mm-hmm. of. Christ. So, of you know, the king. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great place to end on. Yeah. Leave with some encouragement, ladies, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. There is you a lot of daughter of the king. Mm-hmm. Period. That's so, share it. your story. Yes. If, but find a safe place. Mm-hmm. Women Start that there, you trust. Right? Start yes, there. Start there. Yep. Seek out a church, a group, a place to share your story. And then, just little by little, Share it and let go of that hold the enemy has on you and let God just take over. It is freeing and it will bring such abundant life. Mm-hmm. It will. Amen. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. Preach. Yes. <laughs> and on that high pitch note. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs>
Love it. Well, it was, thank you. We're very grateful, Kathy. We appreciate you coming in to share your testimony with us very much. And we know that God will use your story going forward a lot. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, thank you. Well, that's it for us um, ladies today from Noisy Narratives. Um, We hope that you have a good week till we see you next time. Okay, everybody. Bye. Watch what happens now.